Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Oh, so good. They're not used to doing that in front of big people. <laughs> it's a little bit different in front of big You guys are intimidating. Come on, somebody. Woo, we're going to get set up, and i got to get down here. And... All right. Are y'all doing good? <laughs> it's that awkward moment where nobody knows what to do. Is that how you're feeling right now? <laughs> like, what do we do? They're not talking. Somebody talk. <laughs> That's the problem sometimes. That's my problem sometimes. I don't shut up to listen enough. Oh, well, we are going to share with you. We, we like to do this, um, oh, two, three, four times a year, something like that, to where we just sit down. And it's a little bit different. Uh, than just a normal normal message, but to just sit down and just share some perspective, something that God's put on our heart, and uh, share some truth with you. And so we're going to do that. Before we do that, I want to pray, and uh, we just want God's words to, to come out of our mouths and for it to just penetrate your heart in a real way today. So Lord, we thank you for this moment in time that we have to be sitting in this room, gathered together to hear your word and to just know you better and just have this intimate relationship with you. God, I pray that you would teach us something today, uh, maybe something that will stand out that we've never seen before or something that we'll get a new perspective on. God, we just want your word to speak to our hearts today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk to you on this subject. We've titled the message, Love is a lantern, and I'm, I'm sporting the shirt here. If you want to get one of these, we had some of these made up, and you can, you can get one of these back at the back, uh, or if you haven't gotten one of the devoted shirts, you can do that as well, but back at the back, when you leave today, if you want to uh, pick one of these up, there'll be somebody back there that can help you out, uh, but we want to talk to you today about love being a lantern, and I want to start with the verse that's actually on this shirt, and, uh, and, and look at this together. This is 1 John chapter 2. In verse 10, reading from the Amplified Bible, it says, The one who loves and unselfishly seeks the best for his believing brother lives in the light. And in him there is no occasion for stumbling or offense. He does not hurt the cause of Christ or lead others to sin. I love the way that, that this verse points out that you and I, when we love and unselfishly seek the best for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ as those who are Christians or believers or Jesus followers, however you want to word it, that there's no, in that person, they're not going to, they're not going to cause, they're not going to hurt the cause of Christ. They're not going to lead others to sin because they're seeking the best and loving and they have unselfish concern for each other. And so we kind of want to talk about this for just a moment and how we can, how we can accomplish this in our lives and just a couple of things that we want to share with you today, but uh, we want to talk to you about how love, not, you know, we just came out of the Valentine season, 
And so there's a lot of that, you know, mushy-gushy love. And, and uh, we say love sometimes, like I love chocolate or I love sports or I love, you know, whatever it is. I love games or love video games or whatever. And the reality is you really don't love those things. And we try, we, we try really hard. It's so, it's so difficult because in our culture we use that word so loosely that I think we've forgotten what it actually means in real terms. Uh, because we just say that we love everything and just, oh, I just love that. And oh, I just love that movie. And oh, I just love that game. And oh, I just love that food and that restaurant. And we use it so loosely. But today we want to talk to you not really about this mushy-gushy uh, type of love and not about this simple love where we talk about we love this and that or whatever, but a love that changes the world. A love that Jesus talked about that actually makes a difference. And so I'm going to, uh, I want to say this and then and then I'll let Amanda share with you for just a few moments. But uh, what does love do? Love, as we just read in this one verse, we can see that love seeks the best for others. Love is not as concerned about, we're not going to read it today, but even Paul said, you know, don't be so concerned about yourself, but consider other people as well, right? You need to, you need to seek the best for other people. Love doesn't hurt the cause of Christ. Love doesn't lead others to sin. Love brings light, Love brings light, and I think right now in our world and in our, in our culture and in our society, and we could say, like, we, we use that a lot, right, like this right now, you know, like, times are hard right now. I mean, you know, is this the end times? I don't know. We're one day closer today than we were yesterday, so every, every day is closer to the end. But, but we want to talk to you about how we, can, how we can activate this love and really love people the way that God has intended for us to love people. Yeah, and as we were talking about this, I kept getting a visual of an old lantern. So I reached out to my mom, and thankfully she had one. But we were just, oh, my goodness, that was going to fall out. on me. Um, as we were talking about it, though, you know, in these old lanterns, they require oil and um, in order to be lit. But what I just kept feeling like Holy Spirit kept saying to me was the oil is mine to manage. Um, and the oil is the time that we spend in the word, the time that we pray um, and we pursue that intimate relationship with the Father. That's what creates the light within us um, because it is God that is light and, and his love is light. And as we pursue him, the light naturally grows brighter um, and his love within us grows but it's it's not it's it's all about him but as we spend time with him in his word as we listen to what as we pause and listen to what he desires to say to us daily um we fill our lanterns with oil and and allowing this to ignite and lisa bevere she said it this way um, abiding in god's word increases our depth and capacity to truly love Abiding in God's word increases our depth and capacity to truly love. And I just love that reminder that you want to know how to love? Get in, get in the word. Because not only did he give us examples, but as we get in the word, we grow in relationship. And maybe you're here today and you're like, you know, you guys say that a lot. I'm already in the word. Then great. Go help someone else get in the word more consistently. You know, go find someone to love on and lead um, to grow in their relationship with God as well. But I think even, even with myself, 
Um, I was sharing with a friend the other day that I've been kind of like stuck in this, like I'm reading, but that was all I was doing was just reading and not really um, pursuing him, but simply like, hey, I read, I feel like, you know, I read some verses. I'm not really sure I got much out of it yet. When I'm really pursuing him, I'm going to reap a harvest every single time. Um, and so it's just so important. So how does our love become like a lantern? How do we fill our personal lantern with oil? And this was something um, that we both really felt like the Lord was just putting on our hearts is to open your heart wide. Open your heart wide. And the reason why we say this in 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13, I'm going to be reading from the CSB version, um, but this is Paul talking to the Corinthians, and he says, We have spoken open to, openly to you, Corinthians. Our heart has been open wide. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. I speak as to my children as a proper response. Open your heart to us. And my question for you today would be, which side of this statement do you find yourself on? Um, I think we can find ourselves sometimes like Paul and we're saying, my heart is open wide. Um, but many times the things of life we allow to get in the way or maybe the busyness or whatever. And maybe you're like the Corinthians right now and you say, my heart's not open wide. Um, maybe just like self-protection mode or, or just busyness mode and your heart's not truly open wide or that you're like Paul and you say, you know what, my heart is open wide. Does your affection toward others show? Does your love for God and your love for others show? Or are you withholding it? You know, um, I was thinking, I kept getting this visual of a, um, of a heart surgery. And in heart surgery, I looked up the technical term. I really enjoy doctor shows, like medical shows. Um, I could never be a doctor myself, but I just think it's so cool to watch. And um, the I've seen, like, watched, you know, shows where they, they do the heart surgery, and they use a tool called the retractor. And what the retractor does, I had to look this up to make sure I was saying it right. What the retractor does is it literally pulls the chest cavities apart so that they can fully get to the heart and, and do what needs to be done. And I think that a lot of times God wants us to be like that. Put the retractor in and open our heart wide so that he can get to the places, so that he can heal the things that need to be healed, so that he can use us in the way he wants us to use us. But a lot of times... We don't do it like that. You know, we don't allow him, um, we don't open our hearts wide so that he can get to those places to heal or to shine through us. And that is something that, you know, God loves us so much. He gave us our own choice to choose, to choose to open our heart wide. But it's so easy to allow the things of life to get in the way. But allowing the love of God to shine through us is really our best witness. And in order to allow the love of God to shine through us, we have to open our heart first towards God and towards others. You know, I, um, as our kids have grown older, I mean, our oldest is only 11, but still, you know, as they're getting older, they walk through these little things that hurt their hearts. And, and you know, as we all know, um, that's just the beginning of, of hard things that will happen. But, 
you know, they have a choice in that moment that they want to jump to the extreme and say, well, I'm never going to have a friend again, or I'm never going to, never going to. And I think that even without saying it as adults, we can kind of get that way. I'm never going to. I'm never going to put myself out there like that again because I just look like a fool. And I think that we have to be willing to open ourselves up and be used about God to Look a fool sometimes to pray for someone that God is leading us to pray for. Um, There have been times where I felt led to pray for someone I didn't know, and I'm going to look like a crazy person laying my hands. And I always ask first, but still, sometimes I've been told no, and sometimes I've been told yes. Or I've been, I have felt like the Lord's saying, pay for someone in front of me, Um, like their groceries or their items. Like, like they're going to let me, you know, I've had some people say no. No, I won't. Um, and then I've had some people that have, have allowed me to. But, you know, it is the simple things that we do that show God's love to others. Um, and it's just important that we open our heart wide. So asking yourself today, is my heart open wide to what God wants to do, to what God wants to say, to the love he wants to show me and the love he wants, me to, he wants to use me to show others? Yeah, and here's what, and you know this to be true. If you, many of us, we, and maybe you're living in this place right now, but you've closed off your heart. And sometimes we don't realize that we've closed off our heart, but just over time, something happens here and something happens there and something happens here. And if you were to look and take inventory of your life, you may not love people around you. You may not love your brothers and sisters. You may not love the people that God has placed in your life in the same way that God intends for you to love them because there's that part of your heart that you've kind of shut off. And we were thinking about this, you know, this retractor and how it opens your heart. And it's really twofold. It's, It's you opening up. There are some of us, I think, in this room that we need to open up our heart to love other people. Maybe we just, we, we, you know, it's not our personality and we're just not that outgoing and we, you know, it's just, God just needs to, 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 uh, to open our hearts so that we can do that. But then there are others of us, I think, that God wants to open our heart today if you allow him. Have you know that, you know, they're not just going to take you into surgery without your consent. I don't think God's going to take you into surgery without your consent. He gives you the option. And if you want to be healed and you want your heart to be opened up toward others and you want to receive his love and experience his love and be able to love other people the way that he, he designed you to, maybe, there, maybe you're in the place to where you need to allow God to open up your heart and, and, and do surgery on your heart. Open up your chest and do surgery on your heart so that you can be healed from things in your past or when you were six years old or you were 17 years old or just last week so that you can love other people because those things over time will close our heart off to other people and we can't love people in our lives the way that God intends for us to love them. Yeah, and before he moves on to the second point, I did not say this in the first service, but I just kept feeling led to say this, that I really felt like there was someone in here that your heart has become close to the journey that God's trying to take you on um, because the path that you felt like you obeyed, that it hasn't looked the way that you thought. Um, Maybe it's been more troublesome than you thought. Maybe it's um, just turned out completely different. And that he just says he wants you to open your heart to the journey he wants to take you on um, because it is... It is greater than you can imagine, and and just to open your heart today, maybe to the journey, maybe not just to others, but open your heart knowing that he loves you, and he has the best in mind for you, and for your family, and for your future. 
That's good. Somebody needs to receive that today. Um, so the first thing, how do, how do we activate this? How do we love? How do we, you know, allow our lives to look like this lantern? Is the first thing you got to open your heart wide, whatever that looks like for you. If that's allowing God to do work on your heart or if it's you opening yourself back up to love people. The second thing, uh, and, and I want you to say this out loud, say copy and paste. Copy and paste. This is, this is our second point. And I want to read Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And this is what it says. So how, how can we activate this? How do we do this? What does this look like in our lives? Ephesians chapter 5, starting verse 1, says, Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children imitate their father and walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you so that it became a sweet fragrance we are called to imitate God it like Jesus is our example Jesus he taught while he was on the earth and and and, and the Holy Spirit inspired those that wrote the word of God to write exactly what they wrote come on it's it's without fault it's exactly what we need in our lives today and we are called to imitate. It says, be imitators of God. In other words, just copy and paste what it is that God did, what it is that Jesus did. If you go back and you read, how did Jesus love people? What did Jesus say about loving people? We just need to copy and paste. And I remember uh, many of you, if you work on a computer a lot, then then you'll kind of get this concept. But sometimes even, even speaking or uh, we'll quote things out of books or whatever, and, and you have that thought like, I could never say that better than they said it. And so I'm just going to copy and paste exactly what they said because it's so good and it doesn't need me to change it. God's word does not need you to change it. You just need to copy and paste to your life what it is that God tells you. What it is that his word says and how Jesus lived and how he loved other people. And if we would just, if we did nothing else but just look at what Jesus did and say, how can I live like that? I love the song they were just dancing to because it said that I want to, you know, your heartbeat beats inside of mine. And then there was one line in there and I'm going to butcher it. But it was basically saying that I just like, I want my life, I want to live my life how you would. I want my life to be a reflection of what your life would be like. You know, as I, as I look back on what it is that you did, how can I live that out in my own life? We're, we need to be imitators of God and just copy him and follow his example and walk in love and delight in one another. Come on, look at the person next to you. Look at the person next to you. Come on, 100% participation. Look at the person next to you and say, I delight in you. I delight in you. Now, some of you, that's your spouse, and you're like, oh, that's cute. And some of you, you're like, this is awkward because I don't know this person at all. <laughs> but it's, the Bible tells us Paul is writing to the Ephesians, to believers, and he says, you need to walk in love and delight in one another. Yeah. We need to delight in one another. Can I go here for like 37 seconds, and then we'll get back on the rest of the message today? We don't need to bite at each other. We are not called to bite at each other and to, to harm each other. I, I heard a pastor say this one time, and it's stuck with me ever since. And we're not always going to get this right, but, but he said it this way, and it kind of puts it in perspective. He said, Christians, isn't it interesting that Christians are the only army that shoots its own wounded? That when a believer falls, we just kick them while they're down. <laughs> 
We post about it on Facebook. We call three people or we text seven people and, you know, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? Did you hear what came out about so-and-so? Did you hear what happened in this situation? Did you hear about what happened in their marriage? Well, I just, I knew, and then we start talking, like, well, I just knew that their marriage wasn't in a good place. I, th- I just figured something was going to happen and I was just waiting on it. De- Why are we shooting our own wounded? We're called to walk in love and delight in each other and help each other and love each other. However, when something happens, what is your response? When something happens in somebody else's life, right, you, you hear something this week about somebody that's sitting across the room or somebody you know that even goes to another church but is a part of the capital C church, and you hear something that's going on in their life or something that happens to them, what is your initial response? Is it love? Is it, is it how can I help? Is it, oh, I need to pray for them, and how can we, how can we bring them along, and how can we get them back in, in this right place? Or is it to, to call three people? Is it, do you have the thoughts like, and you go to your spouse and you're like, did you hear what, did you hear about so-and-so? Because I just, I just had a feeling something was going to happen and I don't know, you know. Like, we're not called to do that. That doesn't help. But we're called to delight in each other and to love each other. And Jesus has even given us this great example of what it looks like to love each other. And Many of us, many of us, maybe everybody in this room is going to know or be able to quote to some degree these two verses. But my prerequisite question to you is, as you read these verses on the screen, are you living this? Just because you can quote it doesn't mean you're doing it. And this is John 13, 34, and 35. Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another. This is a new thing. <laughs> that you love one another. And just as I have loved you, so you too are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. How is everybody going to know that you are a Jesus follower? By the way that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus is teaching the disciples, and it's passed down to us how, he says, this is how they're going to know by the way that you love. Isn't it, a, isn't it just a strange coincidence as you look around the world today that if we were, think about this, if we were to actually do this well, wouldn't it show? In the world that we live in, wouldn't it be like a clear sign that there's something different about them because they just love each other they have unselfish concern for each other and this is not normal and it would stick out like neon letters in the dark of night people that are just loving each other oh you're dead i just we're just loving and having unselfish concern for one another and the key to this is to understand something that you probably already know but it needs to get in your heart that this, this love is not, it's not an emotional, necessary, necessarily an emotional type of love. But it's something that is, it's doing things for the benefit of another person. It's having unselfish concern for another and a willingness to seek the best for another. It's when, when you love you're, when you love other believers, love people around you, love the people that you work with in this way, when this is coming out of you. It looks like you putting their needs probably ahead of yours. It, it looks like an unselfish 
willingness to seek the best for, like, I know that you're going through something, but I'm seeking the best for you, and so I'm going to love you through this situation. We're going to have a difficult conversation because I love you in this situation. We're going we're gonna to get there. I'm going to bring you alongside of me because I love you, even though what you're walking through may be difficult. It's, it's not necessarily a, well, I don't feel like it, or I do feel like it. You're just called to do it. You're just called to do it. Um, we could say it this way, and maybe this is something that I know we were talking as, as we were preparing for this. It's something that we need to memorize, and maybe it's something that you need to memorize, and it's, it, it does rhyme. Come on, somebody. Anybody like things that rhyme? <laughs> but it's this statement. It's, by the love we show, everyone will know. By the love we show, everyone will know. Some of you need to wake up tomorrow morning and look in the mirror and say, by the love I show, everyone will know. By the love that I show, everyone will know. And as you go through your day, by the love, Jesus said, by the love that I show, everyone is going to know. It's not by how much I know. It's not by how intelligent I am. Like those things are important, but Jesus said, this is how they're going to know. This is how they're going to know that you're my follower. It's by the love that you show. It's by the way that you love each other. And I think it even comes down to by what we show, what are people going to know? Um, and, and what I mean by that is by the hatefulness you choose to show to that coworker that's being a pain, what are they going to know? Are they going to know that you're a follower? Are they going to know that, you know, that you love Jesus? Or what are they going to know? And, you know, we become those imitators by our intimate relationship with him and that love begins from within and we have to first receive that love receive his love some of you in here maybe today you need to pause more because maybe you're pretty great at showing love to others but you're not really great at receiving his love for you and he loves you just as much as he loves that person that you've got nothing but good to say about you know he that I, I think it's it's even just the simple things that we do of of just giving an encouraging word, you know, Gabriel, he could say so many, you know, he knows me better than anyone on this planet. He could say a lot of nasty things, yet at the same time, he is so good, seriously, so good, brag for a minute, but he's so good about being encouraging and patient. I am the one that's not good about that. Um, and so I, I think that we can in this day and age, especially right now, with so many opinions and, and thoughts going out, we're so quick to give out our opinion and our thoughts. Not that we shouldn't, but are we that quick to give out the love that God wants us to show? Um, because it's the love that we show that everyone is going to know Him, not our opinions. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think or say. It's about the love that I show that changes people. Um, and it's just so important. So it begins with our revelation of his love for us. Not an excuse that I can't show love unless I allow him to show love. But, you know, it's not saying, well, I haven't let him show me love, so I've got to pause on the show and love part. No, we don't have to pause on that. But we do need to make sure that we're allowing him to show us that love. Because, you know, I think that the thing that we often forget is whether it be insecurities or struggles or whatever, God knows that. And he wants to speak to that, but we have to be willing to listen to that. 
And so I just think it's so important that we are choosing to pause to allow him to show us the love and then being willing to show that love, maybe in, in some crazy ways, but maybe sometimes in just the simplest of ways. You know, a, a, a pastor that we both listen to, he often says, if you think it, say it, but he's meaning in the compliment department that we're so quick to say, if, if well, I thought it, uh, you know, my daughter says often, well, if you only knew the things I'm thinking that I didn't say, you know, because she's my, she has a lot of opinions, but, you know, I think that we're so quick to give our opinions about the things that we disagree with or dislike, yet not so quick to compliment and encourage one another, and it's, um, it's, it's important that we're building each other up, that we're showing love to others. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, go for it. There was a statement uh, before we move on, and, and we're about to wrap it up, but there was a statement that, uh, that I think would be good for all of us to apply. And it was basically in every situation when you encounter people or, or your work or with family or whatever, is to stop and ask yourself the question, what does love require of me? Before I say anything, before I do anything, before I respond, before I react, what does love require of me? If we could do everything through the filter of what does love in this moment, what does love require of me? Because we're, we're, really, we're really, it's easy for us to act out of frustration or, or things like that. But if we, could, if we could have this discipline in our lives that said, before I, before I say anything, before I do anything, I just heard this news, that this just happened or whatever. Okay, what does love require of me? What do I need to do or say in the situation that is loving, that is a way to love? So, And I think so often we can look for like practical ways. Well, what are the practical things? And we are both, like I am a very practical person. Um, but at the same time, in this situation, we both really felt like this is less about examples because what we have to do is, as believers, we have to lean into him and he shows us how to love. Because although we're all called to pursue him, we are running different races in ways. You know, you go out to your workplace, you know, I stay at home with my kids, but here's the reality of it. Regardless of what you do, if we will lean into him, if we will pursue intimacy with the Father, he will show us how to show love. Show love to our family, show love to our coworkers, show love um, regardless. And it is the love that we show that everyone will know and people will be changed because of his love. You know, I, I, I couldn't help but think even after we were sharing the first service about, you know, he died on the cross and he died a painful death. I mean, a, a death we couldn't even begin to fathom, I know. But at the same time, it, that was him showing his love for us. And that's what changed things. The love that he chose to show we're going to end with the scripture in 1 John 4, 7 through 21 in the Amplified Version. And I'm going to read part of it, and he's going to read part of it. We just felt like all of these verses were just so important that we just couldn't leave one out. So, beloved, let us, lo- let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him. 
for God is love. I just, I really like that reminder. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God. How do you become acquainted with someone? You pursue a relationship with them. And I think that as believers, it's easy. Sometimes you can just, okay, well, I asked him into my heart, and then there's no more pursuing. And I think about with us, if we if we simply, okay, well, we got married, the end, no, there has to be a continual pursuit. Otherwise, intimacy dies, you know, or if we waited, we, we try to really commit to every other week we get date night. Well, if we waited to simply talk at date night and, and pursue intimacy on date night, how intimate would we actually be? Not very intimate. But we have to choose to daily pursue that intimate relationship. And he says in verse 8, the one who does not love has not become acquainted with God. And maybe you say today, you know what, I do love. I love others. Well, we can always get better, you know. And that's not a shame thing like, hey, you're not good enough. It's just until we reach heaven, you know, there's always improvement that can be made. But that we love. For God is love. He is the originator of love. And it is an enduring the attribute of his nature. By this love, by this the love of God was displayed in us, that God has sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation that is the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating his wrath it goes on beloved if God so loved us in this incredible way we also ought to love one another there it is again no one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another with unselfish concern, God abides in us, and his love, the love that is his essence, abides in us and is completed and perfected in us. By this we know with confident assurance that we abide in him and he in us because he has given to us his Holy Spirit. We who are with him in person have seen and testify as eyewitnesses that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides continually in him. In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear, because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates or works against his Christian brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also unselfishly love his brother and seek the best for him. There are a lot of verses in there that you probably quote that are in one chapter. <laughs> That's all talking about God's love for us, what he did for us, and how we are to love others because of that. And we love because God loved us first. He chose us. 
he loved us first and we love because he loved us first and not this is not out of obligation but this love should be out of passion it should be something that flows out of us it should be something that because of God's love in us we choose to love other people unconditionally and to seek the best for others and so in 1 Corinthians 13, we're all probably pretty familiar with the love chapter. I'm not going to read all of it, but this one part, I really, we both really felt like we were supposed to point out, and that is verse 7. And it just says, love never gives up. God is love, and he doesn't give up. He has not given up on you. God is love, and God is within you, so you don't give up. You don't give up on yourself. You don't give up on your marriage. You don't give up on your long lost son or daughter that you're waiting to come back to the Lord. You don't give up. God is within you. So you don't give up because love never gives up. And his love, if you have asked him into your heart, his love is within you and his love never gives up. Don't give up today. Whether you feel weary, you feel worn out, you feel lost, whatever it may be, you don't give up. His love never gives up. He has not doubted you. He does not give up. You don't give up. Don't quit believing. Don't quit believing. Allow him to stir hope. Allow him to love on you today and remind you that he has not doubted you for a second. He believes in you. He believes in your marriage. He believes in your health. He loves you. And he wants us to show his love to others. We stand today. I want to encourage you, there's, we read um, in 1 John 4 a minute ago, and we've talked about some today, and you probably heard it throughout the weeks if you've been coming here, about the importance of being in God's Word and forming a habit daily. And, uh, and even those, I, I think there's something powerful about even those that have a daily habit of being in God's Word, or you don't have one and you're looking to form one of us joining together and reading together and studying together and this is why we have grow groups this is why we come together and why gathering is such a big deal but what we're going to do we, we felt led to do this and we're going to be on there and we, w- we would love for you to join us um, on, if you don't have the Version Bible app I would encourage you to get the Version Bible app it's a great app, it's a free Bible on your phone lots of translations, you can do parallel readings, I mean all kinds of stuff on there, lots of devotionals and reading plans and stuff like that but one reading plan is going to be over First John and what we're going to do uh, thanks to technology we're going to put the direct link to that reading plan for our entire church on our social media page and so today you're going to see on, on the impact page, you're going to see this link. And all you have to do is click that link, and it's going to open up your Bible app, and it's going to ask you if you want to join this plan. And I would love it. Oh, wouldn't it be so awesome for all of us to be reading God's Word and doing this devotional together? And First John, it's a lot. there's a lot of love in First John. And so we're going to read First John together, and I think it's a 40-day plan. It's, it's not a lengthy thing per day. 
but it is going to teach us so much. And I just love the idea of us gathering together on a Bible app and reading God's Word together and commenting together and what is God showing you and and different things like that. And so we want to invite you to join us. And all you'll have to do is just click on that link. We'll probably send it out through a mass text and email as well so that everybody can be a part that wants to be a part. And it starts tomorrow. So tomorrow is is the day that we're going to start that for 40 days. We're going to get in God's Word. And I believe that there are going to be some of us that are going to form a habit that we've been needing to form over the next 40 days. And once this is over, then you're going to have this habit of being in God's Word and doing devotions and, and, and studying the Word of God. And for those of you that have a habit, man, let's, let's encourage each other. Let's comment on there. Let's read together. I think it's going to be powerful. I think it's going to be huge. And so we invite you to do that. Uh, later today, you'll be able to see that and get that, get that prepared. Download the app first if you don't have the app, and that way it'll open that up and you'll be able to access that. But we want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing this final song for just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to let you go. I know we're a little bit late today. We've been a little bit late both services, but that's okay. Uh, God is always on time, right? <laughs> uh, just, hey, just, just you'll thank us later because when you get to the restaurant, everybody will be gone. So, <laughs> hey, let's pray, and then we'll worship together, and we'll dismiss. God, we thank you today for the opportunity to, to gather together to be at church and to worship you. And, Lord, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's not about what we think or anything like that. It's about you. It's about your word. It's about growing closer to you and and just lifting up the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you for hearts that I believe are being changed by your love so that we can love. Lord, I pray that, that, that you would teach us and that it would just, it would grow deep into our heart that by the love we show, everyone will know. By the love we show, everyone will know. You've called us to love each other and to love each other well in the same way that you love each one of us. So God, I pray that that would, that would, sit, that would sit and settle deep in our hearts this week. Lord, that we would meditate on it and that it would become a part of who we are, that we love because you first loved us. Lord, I just pray that as we sing this last song, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage, before we sing this last song, I just really felt like I was specifically to encourage someone that maybe you need to declare out loud, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on my marriage. I was, but I'm not today. I'm done giving up. I'm not giving up on believing for my health. I'm not giving up on that dream that I know God has placed within me. I'm not giving up. Love never gives up. Choose today. We get to choose. Choose. God's love is within you. He doesn't give up. You don't give up either. I'm not telling you you don't give up because you got to choose not to give up. I got to choose not to give up. You don't give up today. Whoever you are, you don't give up. Fix your eyes on him. He's got you, and he will equip you and help you through.